0: Welcome back, absolute worldie listener, to another episode of the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast. Hi Kyle! Hi Joel. Hi Dad. It's far I'm I'm it's good. Fun. Wow, it's been a long
1: time. <laughs> um it's been
0: about a month. Yeah, well we're crap. I know, well we said we could do one every week, probably, and yeah. we're probably not this yep. Let's just underline the probably. We listen, listener, you know we're not making promises we can't keep to you. We we turn up when we want to turn up, and hopefully you're subscribed so you get a little bing bing noise.
1: Oh I love when I get a new episode of something that isn't every week and I get all excited. Yeah,
0: it's like, oh wicked, I get to listen to some some exciting podcast fun.
1: Listener, hopefully that's how you feel about getting the little notification about the absolute world League football podcast. Because you're
0: definitely subscribed and if you're not subscribed, subscribe. Like Joel. Like what? My tooth's better. Oh my god Yeah, it's gone. Tooth update from Kyle. It's gone. You, the, got, it,
1: you got it removed? No, the f- tooth's there, but the uh, the infection is long gone.
0: Fantastic. Well done. No more saltwater gargling. I for did you. get a
1: message from a listener saying,
0: Hope your tooth gets better." Kyle, our guest is, as ever, being so polite and waiting for us to finish our <laughs> top of the show bump. I feel like I'm not, I don't exist yet until... <laughs> until I introduce you? Yeah, until it's like, hi, Ashraf. We are joined by Ashraf Edgebear. Hi, Ashraf. Hello, Ashraf. Hello. Ashraf Edgebear. actor, performer of the night, although he asked me what? to say... That's what he asked me to say. I said, how I... am I introducing you? He said, performer of the night. Um, we're sure we could ask more about that in i I'm second. going to. And uh, also, recently, one of the Brit crew of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 1.
1: Let me try and do a a catchphrase from the show. (laughs) Shantae you stay. Shantae.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? It was good. It was like the Queen trying to, try or like, you know, Theresa May trying to be like, oh, I'm down with the kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're so Theresa May. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, Welcome. Yeah, it's a kind of football drag race crossover episode. There is crossover. Crossover, indeed. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Performer of the night?
2: Performer of the night, well I just do a lot of um, like nightclub hosting or dancing or like dressing up in crazy outfits during the night, so <laughs> always in the night, never in, in the, the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> so in some way, you know, I'm just the performer in many respects and sometimes it happens at night time. So like performer of the night! If someone was to say to you on one, like a similar gig, but I want you at lunchtime, <laughs> how would you feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have done some day stuff. But, you know, most clubs tend to open during the night time. What's your favourite club? I'd have to go with... <gasps> Bergheim in Berlin. You got in. Of course he got in. Of it. course he got in. I've never yeah, even man. tried to
0: keep... Bergheim is famously the club where the, the, the bouncers are, are like, like, yes, or well, yeah 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 nein, 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 nein. Uh, but you, did you? Uh, I heard about Bergheim that you won't get in if you if they hear you're speaking English in the queue. Did you like stay completely silent? I remember the first time I went, you had to
2: be very. I was very nervous. I definitely dressed the part, and then I actually went there on my own, which always helps. Uh, they wouldn't let people in if they're in big groups. Even when you're in a big group, you kind of separate. Oh, I'm telling you all the secrets.
0: we <laughs> about to get into Burgai. Are you sure to... our listenership is not like. <laughs> I know, some
2: people will be taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad? Um, but yeah, basically, you are like. A <laughs> solo. You need to be solo, or at least just with one other person. You can't really be talking much when you're in the queue coming up. Everyone's quite like. Serious and just like. Confident. You have to just, like, when they look at you, you just have to look back in confidence.
0: What happens if they ask you a question
2: in German? You just answer in English. Like, they know a lot of the people speak English. Okay, cool. Joel's got a great German phrase that he used when him and I travelled to Germany once.
1: um, Which is, sorry, I don't speak any German, said in a perfect German accent. Very
0: confusing for all concerned. I'm not going to do it now, though. Oh, you do! You no, have no, because you just elevated it to perfect. It's I know, far How? from perfect. <laughs> How could it be so perfect? No, it's because when Carl and I were in Germany together, what happened was we'd go to a restaurant I also learned, "Can we have a table for uh, three, please?" Because we were we were traveling with somebody else, and, uh, <laughs> not just because we wanted an extra chair, <laughs> just for your coats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I learned that sentence, and the, so the, because they'd heard me say that in German, then they would then come over and start speaking German, like taking our order or offering menus or whatever, and then I would immediately follow up with, "I'm very sorry, I don't speak German." And they would look at me like, what's happening here? Why are you saying these two phrases that you've clearly worked really hard on? Um, because I, I don't like to feel like a stranger anywhere I go. I like to a feel like stranger. I like to, or like a foreigner foreigner. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want people an to, outsider, an outsider. I want people to think I'm from the place. It's like in, when you're talking to someone from uh, somewhere that's not the place you're from in the UK and you end up sort of mimicking their accent somewhat unintentionally. I think we're just trying to make sure that we're sympathetic to our, our guests, We That's are. It. We always are, and we're sympathetic because we're about to ask you football-related questions, how do you feel about that?
2: I'm excited. Are you excited for football questions? I really questions?
0: am. I mean, we've got to keep this fo- fo- podcast tenuously about football. I'm a curious soul. I'm at least Can one of cry. our most football, avid football fan listeners Tells us uh, wrote in to us to say that he'd started uh, not listening to the first ten minutes when we just chat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's <laughs> show him what he's missing. Ashraf, any football memories? I once went to a Millwall game. Oh my God. Was that. it scary? Uh, was it scary? I think it was a little bit scary. <laughs> intimidating. It's a quite intimidating atmosphere at Millwall, famously. Uh, yeah, Millwall are quite known for their um, passion. Um, but I was like, I must have been like 10. That's not your area of London. How did you end up at a Millwall game? <laughs> um, It was slightly my part-time area for some time. Uh, my mum was dating a guy who lived in Bexley. Perfect. So we used to spend like the weekends in Bexley Heath for like three or four years. Posh. What? <laughs> Bexley Heath depends on which bit of Bexley. No. Heath, <laughs>
0: Anything
1: with Heath in it was posh. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Black Heath, Hampstead Heath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're no. confusing Hampstead Heath and Bexley Heath, you're getting a little bit confused. They're now. all like, ah, oh, it's Bexley. Uh, what do you remember from the Millwall game? Uh, Uncomfortable
2: seating. <laughs> very okay. important factor. Was, it, was yeah. it plastic? No, I don't remember. Yeah, it was plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Get used to that, Ashraf.
0: When you go to football more after oh. being on this podcast and being inspired to go to more football. But
2: I should go to more football because I live right next to Arsenal. Yeah, you Stadium. should.
0: It's very, and like, I mean, very comfortable seats there.
2: <laughs> very comfortable you know, atmosphere. And also, when I see the huge crowds of people coming out, I'm like, wow, this is such a family affair. Mm. I always think of it to be full of
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm you doing can it. say Just it. Do it. You can say Just, it.
2: You know, balding men drinking pints and getting aggressive with each other for no reason. They're there as well. <laughs> Maybe they go out the other exit. <laughs> but this street's always filled with like families and their young children. I'm like, oh,
0: there's a sense of community. There is. Can you hear the
1: the,
2: like, the stadium from your house? Can you hear the goals and the? Yes, but only faintly. But you can hear when. A goal is scored not you can't hear everything, but you will suddenly just hear it like weird
0: isn't it <laughs> That was too quiet. <laughs> good radio etiquette there it's <sighs> right it's daytime he's not he's not he's not fully tuned in because he's a performer of the night
2: <laughs> Ashraf, what is a worldie? well, I can tell you this because I did some research
0: wow, that's cheating, but go on.
2: <laughs> well you told me to listen to something um a worldie is any sort of world class Event or moment or person, they need to be of world class caliber, and then that constitutes a worldie. Yeah,
0: smashed it out the park. Well, well, on that case, then we're just gonna absolutely double down. Think of a worldie what's a worldie that you've experienced, or seen, or, or heard of, or met?
2: I'd say Jennifer Lopez is a worldie.
0: Wait, sorry, you just followed that up on the word met. You've not met Jennifer Lopez.
2: Because if you have,
0: that's, by Six Degrees of Separation, easily the most famous person we've ever, ever, ever been in contact with.
2: I wouldn't say met, but our souls are definitely Oh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag cop out. Did you see her at the Super Bowl? Yes, yes. She got me ringside seats. Oh, right. Yeah, how was that? It was electric. And the game? <laughs> the game was thrilling. <laughs> Many goals scored.
0: Ringside. I know. <laughs> Shakira and Jennifer Lopez at the Super Bowl. I watched it. I mean, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I watched the halftime show. Me too. Isn't that what most people do?
1: Worldy performance yeah. by the two uh, the two singers there. Shakira and J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo's 50-something. She's 50. 50. That's
0: nuts. That's amazing. Yeah, right. Worldy. Is. I'd say she's Absolute. definitely a worldy. Mm. A worldy performer, yeah.
1: I think she is an icon of worldiness.
0: <laughs> any any world? What about a worldy
1: moment from this uh, inaugural season of UK Drag Race?
2: Ooh, I think definitely just <laughs> watching the first episode because I'm like one of the two first Brit crew to come on, so it's the first time that RuPaul says, "Oh, Brit crew." And just coming into that um, room... Ah! (laughs) It was such a worldy moment. Oh, Oh,
0: that's so nice.
2: I certainly enjoyed watching it. So did I. I was
1: so excited when I saw you. (laughs) I'm so glad. For those of you who have seen that season of Drag Race but aren't 100% familiar with our guest... He's the one that they always catch sort of sm- shyly smiling.
0: You laughed at so much more than the other people do. It's so great. They make you out to be the warm one. The character Aww. one. You're the one that's got a heart. Everyone yeah. else is just standing there with a, like, a poker face and you're just finding <laughs> everything really, really gag worthy. Mm. But
2: I do wonder if that's also just because you already know me watching it.
0: Oh, possible.
2: I don't think it is.
0: I mean, we'll... I think you're their
2: favourite in the edit suite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Reading into the stories, you, you found my narrative. <laughs> yes, I
1: found your narrative. <laughs> uh,
0: well, we've got uh, a whole episode lined up for you. It's going to be uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff in terms of potential some uh, some Drag Race crossover stuff, and also some interesting stuff about having multiple jobs, as you have multiple jobs. Um, we will be back with Classic Worldie, with this week's Worldie. and. Still with the founding member of the Brit Crew, <laughs> Ashraf Edgebear. Yes. Just after this. Okay, football is good, football is fun, football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it properly, but I'll tell you one thing I prefer it to broccoli. Cable f- football, yeah. So, listener, welcome back. And it falls to me this week to do. Our classic worldy moment. Uh, a classic worldy moment which is going to focus on one individual, but I'll get to him momentarily. Um, I uh, I was thinking this week, Kyle, um, a lot about what footballers do when their career is over playing football. Because it's quite a short career, right? Like the rest of us in our jobs, you know... Fingers crossed. Being podcasters, being a performer of the night. Uh, we have a real hope that our lives will, you know our careers will stretch on into the distance and into old age. I mean, with a lack of a pension or a salary, <laughs> they're going to have
2: to. Yeah. It's a little necessary.
0: Um, so, whereas, whereas footballers, they start 16, 17, 18-ish, they'll sign their first professional contract, and then more often than not, they're done by about the age of 32, 33. Yeah, like a 15
1: to 20 year career tops. Yeah, maximum. Oh, I could be done now. Yeah, yeah. We'd, be, we'd be wrapping up we'd be, so, we'd oh. be on our last legs well, if we were professional footballers and
0: many of them are multi-millionaires and do nothing else some of them become coaches some of them become broadcasters talking about football but many of them professional footballers end their career and they're not multi multimillionaires. they've made a good living but they're going to need to do something else and so my classic worldy moment is about life after football life like,
1: after football it sounds like life after football <laughs>
0: Is that our jingle for this bit? Why not? Great. Um, imagine, if you will, Ashraf, you're a professional footballer. Your career ends at the age of 34. What do you do as a job?
2: I set up a charity that supports uh, youth disadvantaged youth so that they can access uh, sports.
0: Wow, <laughs> that is very f- as a career. That's very specific. I'm Thank I'm going to go
1: on to Strictly.
0: You're going. <laughs> to- ah! That's not a job.
1: Yeah, strictly. And then I'll be a sort of correspondent for the one show out of being a roving reporter. I'll do that till I'm 40. Great. Okay. And then I'll just move into local radio. <laughs> not giving anything back. Local radio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, literally, between the two of you, there couldn't be more polar opposite versions of what would happen next.
2: I mean, I would also do some speaking on the side. <laughs> because my charity role, I don't want to make too much money out of that. So I'm going to have to use that. But there will be some, like, you know...
0: Oh, I'm glad you took this so seriously. I wasn't expecting either of those answers. In, in researching uh, the, the worldly moment I'm going to talk about, I have found out about some uh, people who had some very interesting post-football uh, jobs. Let me tell you about David Hillier. David Hillier played for Arsenal Uh, He won the first division title in 1991 Uh, And he is now A fireman Still? Yep He went football to fireman Uh, Wow has been his 50s uh, Yeah so uh, he uh, He tried to be a firefighter uh, Because he heard on the radio in Bristol Where he finished his career for Bristol Rovers in 2002 Listened to the radio Heard an advert saying firefighters needed Applied three times Didn't get it three times Finally on the fourth time Became a firefighter. Aww. And he blooming loves it. That's
2: a good story. Yeah,
0: David Hillier. Uh, I've got some other examples. Uh, Stuart Ripley, who was uh, a winger, played for Middlesbrough, Blackburn, Rovers, Southampton, and was in, uh, yeah, even capped by England. He at won one the point. Premier League in 1995. He won the Premier League in 1995, it's Stuart Blackburn. Ripley. Uh, any guesses, by the way, of what I've just said, without looking at my research?
2: <laughs> Wait, he he's from Blackburn, that's all i got. <laughs> okay, his name's Ripley, so I'm going to say something to do with... Um... Ripley's Believe It or Not.
0: Yes, he founded Ripley's Believe It Or Not Did he actually? Oh no. of course no. Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> He coulda He coulda done except he's a qualified solicitor and prospective law lecturer at the in the Ribble Valley, Lancashire. How incredible is that. You
1: don't think of footballers going into things like that. Yeah, Yeah, that takes a whole lot of training.
0: He got a training contract with Brabner's, who is a law firm in Manchester, uh, and then became a fully-fledged lawyer.
1: Wow, so Uh, middle
0: class. Got an interesting quote from him, which I think might be quite provocative. Football's not real life, and if you do move away from it, you get a different perspective and a different grasp on things. The rhythm of your life changes completely. When you're playing, you've got two potentially very big highs within a week. There's a huge adrenaline rush, and then when you retire, it's very difficult to replace. You've got to find another goal in life, and his is... The law. I'm going to run through some other ones. Uh, Simon Garner, uh, the all-time goal scorer for Blackburn Rovers. Still their all-time go- go- top goal scorer. Now a painter and decorator in Berkshire. Uh, Jeff... Jay Berkshire? Berkshire. What did I say? Berkshire. 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 Uh, Sorry. Jeff Whitley. Uh, I remember him. Northern Ireland International. Played for Man City and Sunderland. Now a second-hand car salesman in Stockport. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I really enjoyed this. I've uh, got to do a couple more Before I actually get to what this is about, uh, about David Beckham Nigel Spink It's not about David Beckham Imagine if it's, I mean that's really obvious right what is Nigel that? Spink Nigel Spink He was a goalkeeper Played for England and Villa And he won the 1982 European Cup He is A courier He set up his own courier firm uh, in the West Midlands, which he runs.
2: No, he just sits in the office. Yeah, and if it's
0: his courier firm, he's not
2: the courier.
0: <clears throat> Since I started driving the van, I've loved it. We're nationwide, so we go anywhere. This week, I've been to Berwick-upon-Tweed, to Glasgow, to Aberdeen, to Cornwall, to Kent. I've delivered a pallet of eggs to Tesco and Cardiff. I've <laughs> delivered parts to a wind farm. Anything that fits in the van, we'll deliver. <laughs> Nigel, I stand corrected. Yeah, so you both oh. both need to wind your blooming necks in. Right? But um, could he
1: deliver a European cup? Uh, yes it <laughs> can. Yes can, but only in
0: 1952. <laughs> uh, one more before I get onto it, because this was all part of the same article that I found. Mark Ward, uh, and it, I think this is a bit unfair really, but it did sort of make me smile a little bit, just because they're all described as what they did in football and then what their job is now. Uh, Mark Ward he was a winger for West Ham City in Everton he finished third in the first division with West Ham back in 1986 and now he is a former inmate of Liverpool's Walton Prison <laughs> <laughs> oh no. yeah. that's not an occupation yeah. professional prisoner he uh, he um, he rented out a property uh, in the knowledge that it would be used to storing drugs four kilos of coke of cocaine.
2: Oh, but did he know yeah, that? Yeah, he
0: did. He went to prison for it. That's well, that not a doesn't lot of mean that it's he only four bags. Yeah. His job was drug dealer, let's be
2: honest. Did he, was that other guy who was the solicitor, was he the one that took <laughs> him
1: down? Or did he say, did he get on the phone? Such an amazing coincidence. Did Mark Ward get on the phone and say, Nigel, I need this out of the house, quick. <laughs> okay, but will it fit in the van?
0: I mean, it'd be great.
1: You isn't? said if
2: it fits in the van, you'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's something else going on between all these guys.
0: So... Here we go. This is the, This is what this is all about. This is what it's all come down to. It's come down to someone, and I'm going to say, "Have you heard of him, Ashraf?" And the answer is going to be no. You don't know that. Arjan De Zeeuw, or Arjan De Zeeuw. Um, uh, it
2: rings a bell, but I'm not entirely sure. Yes, did he
0: play for Blackburn Rovers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> most of these guys seem to. <laughs> it's a
0: good shout. He didn't. Or well, Aston Villa. So, the classic worldy moment takes place in 2006 when he played for, of course, the next team you were going to name, which was Wigan, Wigan. Athletic. Yes. In 2006, Arjan was the captain of Wigan Athletic as he led them to the final of the League Cup. Now, unfortunately, they didn't win, but the point is he was their captain. He was their hero. He is actually a cult legend for every team he played for in England he is like they absolutely adore him he played for Barnsley he played for Wigan he played for Portsmouth and Coventry and also was quite famously a famous politician's favourite player Kyle do you remember that story?
1: I do it was Tony Blair current Prime Minister at the time they asked him oh Tony you your favourite trying to catch him out you know like when they caught out Gordon Brown by saying what's your favourite TV show and he said uh, the EastEnders um yeah. <laughs> um, so he said, "It's I and as you." And that was enough of a hipster answer to satisfy those pundits. Uh, so
0: uh, he, he, as I say, was an absolute legend for all these teams. Uh, he was just this kind of no nonsense, what we call a no nonsense centre half. So if you imagine, if you will, kind of bulky maybe not looking the fittest, but tackles hard, smashes the ball away from goal, will do everything to make sure that the other team don't score. That kind of player. Uh, Karl is now showing Ashraf a picture of Ayanna's ear. What do you think? Describe him to our listener who may not know who he is. He looks like he would tackle you hard (laughs) and that he won't
2: let you get past him. A strong player to have in the centre half.
0: Oh my God, that was almost football. Football uh, football pundit worthy. Um, so, uh, let's see if you can guess what he studied before he became a footballer. So his nickname, according to him, and I don't understand this at all, before he became a footballer was The Peacemaker, which I guess was like his nickname among his friends. Like if there was a, like an outbreak of fighting or something, or like an argument, hmm. he was what The look- Peacemaker. So what could give me a guess, what do you think he studied before he became a footballer?
1: Well, I'm going to say law, like Stuart Ripley, Ooh. law, philosophy... Hang on, so did he, are we telling, unlike most footballers who don't go on to
0: higher education, are we saying that he studied something before he became a footballer? So, the true story with Arjen Desir is is he was studying something before he became a footballer, he stopped studying it, he became a footballer, and then he went on to do a job. That's the whole story here. Okay. A therapist. Ooh, closer. He was studying to be a doctor. He was studying medicine whilst playing football. Good on him. Right? Uh, part-time. And at a very small Dutch club. It wasn't going particularly well he wasn't sure whether he was going to be a doctor or a footballer great choices to have really then the opportunity came up to play in england when he was 25 and he stopped his studies he went to play at barnsley he was like i'm not going to be a doctor anymore this is it so flash forward after he's nearly won the league cup of wigan he's become a legend for four clubs his career has been starried and storied is what i meant to say and he's tony blair's favorite footballer what do you think he does next
1: I'd write an autobiography saying Tony
2: Blair's favourite footballer (laughs) (laughs) Um, I reckon he
0: goes back to medical school Is that where this is going? (laughs) It was difficult to pick up my medical studies again Mm. There were another 7 or 8 years of study left And that scared me I was 39 I'd be heading towards my late 40s Before I could practice on my own Then I heard about an opportunity To be fast-tracked as a detective With the Dutch police I thought about it long and hard I've already had a change of career once. <laughs> Why not again? I you. Is a police detective?
1: No way. That's in, in, in Netherlands. Holland.
0: Yeah, that is his. That is his career. Um, uh, there's so many stories. I, I, I'm not. We've not got time to go through all of them. But uh, most of it is just the quotes that he has come out with. That are just so beautiful. Um, I've been involved with burglaries, robberies, and human trafficking cases. In the future, I'll be working on murders and kidnappings. I lean towards forensics, so hopefully, I'll be dealing with crime scenes. He's wow. a former footballer. This
1: is a TV drama in the making. Right? The
0: doctor like becomes a footballer, becomes Ooh. a detective. He uses his football brain. He uses his so medical I think what we brain. can call it. He solves crimes. He's the
2: peacemaker. <laughs>
0: That's it. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> who would play If it was like Because I'm going to trans- Oh no Because you want to make it Sort of a Scandi thriller So we'll keep it in Netherlands. It's very Scandi Even if though it's not <laughs> Scandi we'll, we'll keep it on the continent <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah. It Feels like Scandi Who would play I've already got it It would be Jamie. It would be Nikolai Costa waldau No play the ex-footballer Turned It'd be detective. Stellan Skarsgård
0: I'll finish with a few more quotes From I Based on our classic Worldie moment Of nearly winning the League Cup In 2006 And going on to be Holland's top detective I've made that last bit up But who knows Maybe One day One day Uh, This is great, I was once recognised at work We were interviewing a suspect About numerous burglaries And the guy said, I know you You used to be that footballer who played in England So we chatted about football And then carried on discussing the crime
1: (laughs) 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 That's a good cop, bad cop technique He's like, I'll I'll open him up I'll I'll soften him by talking about my football past Then bam, got him
0: uh, this is from an article uh, in, a, in a British paper about this No amount of football experience, such as playing for Wigan at Wembley in the, 2002nd, 2000, in the year 2002 division playoffs, could have prepared him for the first time he was sent to arrest someone with a warrant Quote This guy had been involved in lots of burglaries and I went round to his house with a partner who luckily was very experienced The target was very nervous Although I was as nervous as he was I mean you can play football in front of tens of thousands of people but this is completely different What happened? He arrested him. Good. No com- <laughs> no complication. Well, it went okay and it sort of gets easier. Some of the suspects you deal with are cop fighters. And there's always backup on hand with them. I'm sometimes amazed by how relaxed the experienced guys are in these circumstances. I mean, honestly, this guy is such a legend. I'm such a fan. He also has some great stuff from when he first came here. So in the 90s, I'll finish with this actually. So in the 90s, football was a lot different to how it is now. You've seen the average footballer. When you think about the average footballer, what, what kind of image do you have in your head?
2: Uh, Attractive hair gel, um, wags,
0: yeah, all of that.
2: They're they're not the wags, but the the lifestyle. They have a wag. There's a lifestyle with the footballers.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, well, when he arrived in 1995, it was still very much. They had beer uh, before and after the game. They had fish (laughs) and chips. uh, It was sort of very much more a kind of cloggers. Uh, society when he arrived at Oh, that's just Wigan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was at Barnsley then, but yeah, okay. sure. even um, more. So- <laughs> uh, but also there was this sort of idea that footballers were coming in from the continent at that time, and they were bringing in European ideals. And uh, and he was, you know, he he'd been to medical school. He's a smart guy. We've look how quickly he's adapted to being. Holland's number one detective. Of, of burglaries. Of burglaries. Uh, so he goes to see Danny Wilson, who Kyle will remember as a, as a, as a young English manager in the 90s and noughties. Still... He was, not me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Danny Wilson. <laughs> no, Kyle. Um, uh, and so because obviously he was Dutch and he knew a bit about football, and, and they were playing a formation which is 3 5 2. Understand how formations work, or do we need to take you to the football clinic?
2: No, I'm there with 3 5 2. It's 3 5 2. I am in formation. Z- get information. Sure. Excellent. <laughs> it was fine before.
0: Drag race Drag race crossover. <laughs> that <effect>. was Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> lecture Oof. Me on the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, so they're playing 3-5-2 and he knocks on Danny Wilson's door. And, I mean I wish he was like investigating a crime or something, but imagine now if Eddie anyway, Scandy music. The scandy music hits. This is this is the, the precursor to when he becomes a detective later in the series. Previously on the pacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker! Pacemaker! <laughs> <laughs> he said he said, I, I thought I got along fine with him. So I asked him why we were playing 352, because I didn't feel it suited us at the time. After I spoke, he opened the door and he pointed at the sign and he says, You know what that says? It says, I'm the manager. Now bleep off out of here. Welcome to English football. Doctor, legend, detective, Ianderzu. And that is this week's classic worldy moment. Loved it. It was fascinating. That's right. I don't know nothing about
2: football, but I love my friends. So I'll watch it for them. Huh. Kickball with foot, football, yeah. Well,
0: welcome back,
1: listener. It's Kyle starting us off with this segment, which I do rarely, and I'm very nervous
0: about. I hate the fact that you point it out every time that I do all the segment starts and finishes. Before we crack on
1: with this week's Worldie, I just want to bring us back to something we started in our last episode. Joel and Kyle's Football Clinic.
0: Insert theme tune here.
1: Joel <laughs> um, and <laughs> Nice!
0: Performer of the night, Ashraf Edgbott.
1: Ashraf, <laughs> is, there a, is there anything... From the realm of football and, like, football-orientated lingo and parlance that you hear and you're like, oh, I can't ask what that means because it's just a big can of worms. And, and, like, sometimes you catch up and like, what are they talking about? Can we help you right now in this very short segment, The Football Clinic?
0: Help us to help you. Help us to help you. Help us to help you.
2: Well, I think I'm well-versed in what offside is. Yes, Good. Good. Did that last week. <laughs> good, good. Um, oh, What is the season ticket people talk about? <laughs> nice, nice, Nice,
0: good one.
1: Season ticket. Okay, so the football season runs from, depending on the league in England, uh, August to May. August to May. A, oh. bit, a bit like a school, almost like a school term, almost. School year. School year. Um, and the season ticket, if you're a fan, will last you all the home games for your club for that season. For that time.
0: So you don't need to buy a ticket for every game. You just so you have your season ticket. You, before the season starts, you pay one big lump sum and then you turn up with a little card or a little thing with your name on it. And you always have your own seat. Oh, the same seat? The same seat for every game. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's it doesn't, like renting a seat. Yeah. Essentially, for uh, in the Premier League, 19 games a year. Uh, and then obviously there are cup games which you can add on and some people have the... The real football fans, the hardcore, they have home and away season tickets. So they travel around the country every weekend with their team, watching them go to other teams to play football.
1: And one of the best things about season tickets is when the teams are not doing very well and they're expected to do better. For example, I'll use West Ham United. Mm. Expensive season ticket. London club, very expensive. Where they don't do very well, and when the fans get really upset, they throw their season ticket passes onto the pitch or at the at the chairman. <laughs> there, was a, there was a time last season where a bunch of fans sort of cornered the area where the chairman sits in a sort of really violent way <laughs> mm. and they threw things at him including their season passes but then they obviously were given them they back they get them
0: back that's what's really okay. sort of kind of it's like very petulant slightly impotent about it really you throw your season ticket at the chairman and then quietly you go excuse me can I have my season ticket back please <laughs> it's like a tradition though oh it's cute <laughs> Definitely say that to their faces.
2: It is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll get it back there. I'm just going to throw it to make a
1: scene. Well, because he, like, in the olden days, you used to, be to rip them and that used to happen. But now they're all laminated mm. cards.
2: Can't do it.
0: Mm. Um,
2: and question. Say I just rocked up to Arsenal and I was like, hey, I want a ticket for this game. Do I then choose whether I want to sit in the home or the away side? You'll sit at
0: the home. You will not get a ticket for an away game if you just turn up at a stadium. Because, what if I turned up a week before? Again, still.
2: Can I book it online? Yes. Yes, you can. But you have to go for the, the home away team. club's website. Oh, really? Away teams. Wow. The,
0: the, real, the segregation between home and away fans in British football is the strongest in the whole world, other than maybe Argentina, because of potential for violence. And so all of the away tickets are sold through the away team's website. You can't buy away tickets from the home team because they want to make sure that there's absolute segregation between the home fans and the away fans. And they're always worried about home fans buying tickets to sit in the way and cause trouble and vice versa actually
1: whereas in rugby mm. you just buy a ticket wherever you want and you enjoy like the theatre Yeah, you mix up with the fans have a nice time not in football mate no not keep, in your keep them
2: separate <laughs> danger do you feel that's been a useful football clinic it has been especially that last part mm. the segregation of home and away brilliant, brilliant. we'll come back with the uh, with our this week's worldie after this <laughs> everyone's talking about
1: And we are back after the Football Clinic with this week's Worldie. Ashraf, let me ask you a question. Have you heard of Wanda Nara? That would be a definitive no, Kyle. (laughs) Okay, well I know you're quite active on Instagram. What's your Instagram... (laughs) Handle? Handle? It is ashraf.ej Okay, well, Wanda Nara's Instagram, she has 6.1 million followers. Is that more than you? <laughs> okay, I want you to have you got I'm not phone? gonna answer that question. Have you got your phone? <laughs> yes. I want you to look her up look at her on Instagram and then what we'll you describe what she, what her This is such a specific task
0: to get someone to do. Yeah, but he's he's
2: quick on the Instagram. Is he's he? quick on the gram. Look. Oh my god. Oh fresher. I had my phone on um, airplane mode. Yeah, I was gonna say what you did. That's so, so do? That's um, fresh. W-
1: W-A-N-D-A-N-A-R-A. Wonder. So how would you describe her from her output, from her, what do you call that, content? Blimey. No. That's what I say. Um,
2: what would I call this? It's a, a little busty. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's a um, uh, makeup,
0: Busty and makeup. <laughs> so actually, Instagram
2: then, basically. Yes. Quite, quite an Instagram lady. Okay, well, I can tell you
1: she is a football agent. Agent? A rare female role in a male-dominated industry. And we'll come on to who her client is a little later. But the reasons why I want to talk about Wanda this week are twofold. One, like yourself, she's recently entered the world of reality TV. You can stop looking at her now. <laughs> and two, It's hard to put it down.
0: She has been hovered over, over follow there for a second. <laughs> no, it didn't. No,
2: it didn't. <laughs> okay. Two, like
1: your colleagues on Drag Race, she's lived the life of an absolute diva. great segue so so, right Wanda Nara is a studio analyst uh, at the moment for this year's Big Brother that's a link to reality TV Tick Um,
0: wait which Big Brother this one Big Brother in Italy Ah, yes, right.
1: and for her recent appearance uh, she's decided to ditch the face mask she's recently been wearing because of the coronavirus this is what she looks like in her mask wait (laughs) what (laughs) is she on record as saying oh is that a joke by you no, she's been wearing this out in public all the time, and then they were wondering whether she was going to wear it on Big Brother in her p- p- appearance, what? but
2: she didn't.
0: Why is she? Oh, let's not get into that. But
2: she's an analyst for Big Brother. She's got a behind-the-camera behind like role. Yeah, like the Big Brother's big mouth thing. She's like doing oh, she's that. she's not a
0: contestant.
2: Oh, a commentator. Mm.
1: She's, she's basically the Michelle Visage of uh, Big Brother Italy. No? Yes? Good. So here's the drama of Wanda. Are you ready? <laughs> Wanda is from Buenos Aires in Argentina. She was born 10th of December 1986. That makes her two months younger than myself. Uh, she started her professional life as a vedette. Do you know what a vedette is?
0: Uh, weirdly, I think it was revealed on this podcast once that one of our former guests uh, and fellow performer of the night, Lolo Brow, one of her early strip names was Vedette.
1: Well, it's a it's a lead in a cabaret show.
0: Oh, there you go. Oh,
1: Um, So she started doing that at the age of 19. Uh, She continued as a performance artist for six years and during that time she met her first husband, the Argentinian footballer, Maxi Lopez. They got married in 2008 when she was 21 and they have three children together who have got great names. Valentino, Constantino and Benedicto. (laughs) Those names again?
0: Valentino, Valentino, Constantino, Constantino, Benedicto. Benedicto. Hard
1: to forget those. Also his name is Maxi. (laughs) Here's a picture of them on their wedding day. So far, so idyllic. Oh, right. <laughs> look,
0: they've got very, both of them have got really strikingly
1: long blonde hair. Very sort of early noughties hair from Maxi Lopez yeah. there. Mm. I'd say his hair looks better than her hair. Oh, take that on your wedding Doesn't day. It? Yeah. So, at the same time that Wanda and Maxi were tying the knot, another Argentine footballer left his home country to sign for Barcelona. You've been to Barcelona? Yes. Lovely city. Would recommend. <laughs> Well, obviously, it was recommended to Mauro Icardi as well, because off he went. Mauro, um, what was that name again? Mauro Icardi. Better you can na- roll the R if you want, but Mau- go. Mauro than- Icardi. Perfect. Very good. So he became friends with Maxi Lopez, because he'd also been attached to Barcelona for a few years. Uh, Maxi is nine years older than Mauro, and he became a father figure to the young man. He'd bring him home after training to spend time with his family, his wife Wanda, and their three boys. Oh, God, I know where this is going. Wanda is only six years older than Mauro and helped him to settle in Spain, and he became essentially part of their family. Here's what Mauro said about what happened next recently in his autobiography when he left Barcelona to play for Sampdoria in Italy. So we're getting a bit geographically confused, but basically all of them from Argentina, moved to Spain, but he's now gone
2: to Italy. And Ashraf, I'd like you to read his words, if you would. Okay. The day before I left for a friendly tour in the US, I got a message from Wanda. I was surprised, as I usually spoke with Maxi, not her. She asked me if I could buy a new iPad in the US, it wasn't available in, it, in Italy at the time. It made me think, did Wanda really want the tablet? Or was she seeking an excuse to get in touch with me? One of the first things I did when I came back was to get reacquainted with Wanda. We texted many times and she started talking about us a lot more freely. She wrote to me, Mauro, we are going for a ride in the alien islands. <laughs> Aeolian Islands. <laughs> Why don't you come with us? Of course, I wanted to. While I was alone on the second floor of the boat, listening to reggae, (laughs) Wanda all of a sudden came and sat beside me without any embarrassment. At that time, her relationship with Maxie was ending.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I also thought that that line, there's very important line reading there, reading in between the lines. Mm. When he says, at that time her relationship was ending, is he saying, genuinely or does he mean, in that moment? Oh! What happened, whilst they were listening to reggae, sad. was the reggae covering anything? I mm. think it was. Don't worry, it. I about a thing. I think that, yeah, I think the we know. The reggae
2: was very crucial, in that moment. Mm. And also, we've all been
1: there, we've all, you know, wanted to get in touch, with someone that we fancy, but I've never heard of the excuse, being an iPad purchase.
0: Hey, just wondering, <laughs> if you would buy me an iPad. No, no other reason. While you're in the US. And then you can bring it to me while
2: we're riding in the Aeolian Islands.
0: <laughs> I don't even know where the Aeolian Islands
2: are.
1: I no. Ashraf, mm-hmm. guess who signed also for Sampdoria that same summer? Maxi. That's right! <laughs> so good! Their weird pretend family slash menage a trois kicked off in earnest again, and soon the Italian tabloids had cottoned on that something interesting was happening between Wanda and Mauro. With the marriage in tatters, it was clear the two men couldn't play for the same club and Mauro but, transferred to Inter Milan in 2013. What? Did she orchestrate Maxi moving to Santa Dora? Was <gasps> well, she his manager? She wasn't Maxi Lopez's manager or agent at the time. Okay. But maybe she might have implied that they should probably move to Italy.
0: Or well, Maxi was completely none the wiser and just was like, "Let's, I like Mauro, let's go there.
1: Wanda filed for divorce in the same year, 2013. And then the whole of Italy waited transfixed for the end of that season. Because in April 2014, which as we know now, is at the end of the season. Yes, just before May. Just before May. <laughs> Sampdoria, Maxi's uh, team, <gasps> oh! were to play
2: Inter-City-Milan. Yep, Inter-Milan, yes! City-City, the, the great.
1: Game. The game has become known as the Wonder Derby. <laughs> oh my god, that's such an Italian gross thing to do. What happened, Ashraf? Let's look. Oh my god! So we're watching the players, they're all shaking hands at the beginning. Maxi Lopez has cut his hair off, he's got a bleached look now. Icardi goes to shake the hand, there's no
2: handshake. Oh my god, he blanks him. What are we seeing, Ashraf? Oh, Icardi definitely goes to shake his hand and he just walks right past him.
0: Yeah, he's just, he's clearly been the reason that she's filed for divorce.
2: But the marriage was already in tatters before. Yeah, but
0: that was the regular. You had spot. my word on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my
2: God the drama. What do you think happened in the game? Wait, which positions did they play? That's very crucial. They're both forward mm. players, both strikers. So they wouldn't been in oh, same opposite of the same the area pitch. They kissed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be the best. Twist in the when I and is investigating this in, the, in episode six of the Peacemaker. That's the twist you don't see coming. Hidden as a doctor,
1: <laughs> ringside. Now I know it says it. I know I said it was dramatic, but it ain't that dramatic? Okay. But most yeah. of the drama revolves around Wonder, but the score was four nil to Inter, and Mauro Riccardi oh. scored twice. Ouch. It wasn't. Well, much. he's
2: the younger one. There's
1: mm. a short shelf life to a footballer. Well, yeah, exactly. He's getting the other one's getting knackered at the end of his life. I mean, yeah. If you wonder, end of
2: his football life. If you wonder, you better jump ship before yeah. he becomes a Change used car that salesman, model, <laughs> or in prison, or in prison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she did, Ashraf. She got married a few months after that, that summer, to Mauro Cardi. In Buenos Aires. I there was nothing nothing surprising in that
0: part. That was like dot, dot, dot. I don't... It's Rebecca Vardy's account. Like, that wasn't... That was not the same level of surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And we all
2: saw that coming. We kind of saw that. Man, no, that was the punch. (laughs) Okay, I've got more. Okay.
1: Okay, So, since then, the following has happened. Um, Mauro and Wanda have two daughters, Francesca and Isabella. So, let's see if we can rename all five of those children. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Valentino, Valentino,
2: Constantino, Benedicto, Benedicto Francesca,
0: Cristian, Isabella. 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 Um,
1: Maxi Lopez has claimed that uh, Wanda unlawfully disclosed his private information and attempted to send her to prison for four years. What? He was unsuccessful.
0: Well, yeah, she's on Big uh, brother.
1: Wanda became a football agent uh, and her client, as I said I would reveal, guess, it's Mauro. I mean, I wanted it to be Maxim, but it was never going to be, was it? Uh, last year, her attempts to broker him a better contract at Inter led him to refuse to play
0: and the captain's armband was stripped from him. <gasps> oh! Yeah, you sort of don't really... I mean, if you're going to... Like, there's a lot of... in the. This is the first time I've ever heard of a footballer being married... being married. Being managed by someone they're married to um, in either men's or women's games. But I, I, there's a, often, like, your brother is your agent. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or your, your father. Father or your cousin... But uh, I always feel like it's a mistake, because I, if you're not a professional agent negotiating contracts, you probably do things like get yourself stopped playing mm. for the club. Well,
1: she then brokered him a deal to sign on loan for Paris Saint-Germain. Have you heard of them? Yes, they are big. They are big. No, and they're like and they're wealthy. <laughs> and he's got a huge wage. He's scored 15 goals already this season, so he's doing well. Um, Diego Maradona... The Argentine legend, Hand uh, of God. Thank yes, you. Yes, he, <laughs> Yes, it was.
2: We a, should do that the moment. Worldy
1: of cheating. He branded Icardi a traitor, uh, what? and his and Icardi has had a big absence from the international team, uh, and this has been put down to lobbying by Lopez's friends, <gasps> Leo, Leo Messi and Javier Mascherano.
0: Wow, the drama!
1: Because that they're both drama. Argentinian. They're all Argentinian. And what about Maxi? He's now still playing, finishing his career in Brazil. Uh, And he publicly states that he doesn't really get to see his boys. Uh, Last year he said... It's not his fault though. It's not nice. Yesterday he said... No, sorry. Last year he said, Yesterday was my son's birthday. And they attacked me over the phone. I don't think he means his son's. What kind of relationship can you have with people like that?
0: I mean, it's possible that we're just not knowing that there's something... Maybe there was something else going on behind closed doors. He may have been, like, horrible to her. I can tell you... he's not been allowed access to his kids, maybe there's something else going on. When she filed
1: for divorce, she cited that he was having extramarital affairs.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he's not clean enough. You yeah. don't get away with just like denying any parental access if there's not something else going on. So before her, before the move to Paris, <laughs> that was like, it was like so absolutist and so dismissive as well. Yeah, wasn't it? True. If there's not something else going on, he would be able to see him. It would <laughs> something be... fishy's going on here. I think you're, I think <laughs> I you're underestimating.
1: <laughs> you're underestimating Wanda's negotiating abilities.
0: I mean, clearly.
1: Um, oh, before his move to Paris. Um, Mauro's this is so when, when Wanda and the family were still living in Italy she began a stint on an Italian football chat show called Tiki Taka where she often spoke emphatically about Mauro uh, but more scandalously about the shortcomings of his teammates Ouch uh, In comments for which he later apologised a former player called Alessandro Costa Carta, uh, told the show uh, if my wife spoke about my teammates like that in public I would kick her out of the house Okay
0: um, Around this
1: time a rock was reportedly thrown at her windscreen when she was driving her children to school That being Wanda, not Costa-Curta's wife. Um, (laughs) Wanda, as we saw from her uh, Instagram page, she loves um, a bit of attention, shall we say, a bit of of scandal. Um, She recently uh, disclosed that Mauro only likes to have sex when he wins. Um, and never before a game, which she finds frustrating. Um, but Why le- is she
0: telling people that? Because she
2: loves the headlines. Th- but this is the the extent that she'll go through as a manager. It's all tied in. It's
0: all. It's all about yeah about um, it's exposure. Ma- it's literal good man management.
2: Um, no sex before the game. Oh, no, use that adrenaline on the pitch.
1: But I think <laughs> we should leave the final point with WandA rather than with. Yeah, let her us speak
0: for her bloody self. I so, think we've crucified her enough. Give her some airtime time to defend herself well, or make a point. First of all,
1: her negotiating skills did enable Icardi to increase his salary into Milan from just under a million to 4.5 million over his six seasons there. Sick. She has a The company that she set up to manage a, her husband is called World Marketing Football and has a turnover of over $3 million. Mm. Uh, she also runs her own fashion line, Wan Collection. Um, And this is what she recently said to an Italian magazine. Wow, collection. This is a very macho world, and what I'm doing is revolutionary. Although there are many relatives who represent players, the role of women in football is more about staying at home with the kids and keeping quiet. That's why I'm a revolutionary.
0: Yep. So that is
1: Wanda Nara, or Wanda Icardi.
0: And you don't need to be a nice person to be a revolutionary,
1: you just have to be a revolutionary. You can't make an omelette without cracking a couple of Lopez-sized eggs. (laughs) Ashraf, can I have your closing thoughts on the enigma? or well, not so also, much the enigma, this how that we've Wanda. Linked, If
0: this is how we've linked to reality TV and Drag Race, I'm proud of us. Because <laughs> that was gag-worthy to the max. It was it.
2: dramatic. She was a powerful woman. Go on, Wanda. Go on. I only watch football so I can hang with my friends. It's nice to be included
0: sometimes. can What an episode. I've laughed a lot. I've had an enormous amount of fun, and I've learned a lot. How did you feel it went, Ashraf? I think it went splendidly. I think I could be a football commentator after this. (laughs) Yeah. Post yourself up ringside. (laughs) With your season ticket, and you'll you'll be able to say all kinds of exciting like tidbits. Like, did you know that player's manager is his wife? Well, hang on, let him let really? let's yeah. see what he's learned.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, what would you say? What would I say? I've learned yeah, in your new
2: commentator role. Well, I'd say notice how segregated the pitches are between the home fans and the away fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd say well, remember that Dezu guy, <laughs> who is Tony Blair's favourite footballer. How he was a doctor and then. Became this great footballer for Wigan and Blackburn. Don't um, forget. No, Barnsley. Yes. And then was Holland's top detective. But whether or not he was the top detective is questionable. My source was a little unreliable there. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Over here, I learned about Wanda revolutionising the role of women in Men's football.
0: Do you want to come on and do like a wrap up for every episode? Because <laughs> that was great.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> well you are going to do the football bulletin in just a bit.
0: But <gasps>
1: before we do that thank you for coming on
0: today. Yeah, It was really lovely to see you. Really love to chat with you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. inviting me. No, thank you. No. <laughs> thank you. And can you reveal or can you not reveal if there will be a season two of RuPaul's Drag Race UK?
2: There will definitely be a season two of RuPaul's Drag Race UK.
0: And also the hilarious thing about that is I didn't say reveal, which I should have done. And also I'm pretty sure that's public knowledge anyway. Thank you for coming, up. <laughs> <Ashraf! laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> This is
2: the absolute worldy football bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football shaped holes in your repertoire. Tottenham Hotspur midfielder Deli Ali has apologised for a post on social media about coronavirus, saying, I let myself down and the club. Ali, 23, put a video on Snapchat in which he joked about the outbreak and appeared to mock an Asian man. He later deleted the post and then released a new video on Chinese social media platform Weibo to apologise. Tom Pope has now been charged by the Football Association after his tweet last month linking the Rothschilds to every bank on the planet. His club, Port Vale, however, have said that the player will vigorously defend the charge. In Spain's second division, a player was sent off, twice. After a reckless challenge, Cristobal Marquez was shown a straight red. The player headed down the tunnel, only for the ref to check the incident, using the VAR monitor. The decision was overturned, the player informed he could come back on, receiving only a yellow card instead. Marquez headed straight to the player he challenged previously, got in a verbal argument with him and was sent off for a second yellow. Bizarre! Speaking of bizarre, Neymar was booked last weekend after being warned against showboating by a ref who said he was going to get harsh treatment by the rival team's defence. Neymar, complaining how unfair it would be to penalise him for exhibiting his incredible skill set, was shown a yellow card for dissent. And finally, Canada striker Christine Sinclair has broken the goal-scoring record for both women's and men's international football. She now has one. 185 goals, 76 more than the highest male player, Ali Dyer of Iran. Maybe Wanda should take on her first female client. And that was the absolute worldy football bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football shaped holes in your repertoire.
0: That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam janodz and Amar Chadha Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seager who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating and follow us at Worldy Podcast. Goodbye.
2: Tottenham Hotspur midfielder...